0: How are you? Welcome in. I'm Andrew at St. Croix Cards and this is Slab Stocks FC World Cup Show. If you're coming back and you were on the road to the World Cup, I hope that it was a great road trip, that you enjoyed it, you enjoyed the information. I had a blast. If you're new and want to check out that road to the World Cup, great episodes, great information, go check it out. But we have arrived at our destination. We are here and it is so exciting. It is ding, 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 end of round one. Every one of the 32 teams in Qatar have played their first game, which means. We have so much to talk about. There are so many storylines that are developing, so many great performances from players, but we gotta talk about injuries. We gotta talk about highlighted performances of players and what are their cards doing in the market. We've gotta look forward to round two, that second set of games. Who is going to come out? Uh, What games are you excited about? What questions do you have as we move through this tournament? But we are going to dive right in today, and we have to start with another French national team player injury. Lucas Hernandez doesn't even make it 15 minutes against Australia. Goes down, torn ACL. He is out of the tournament, which means brother Theo Hernandez comes in to finish off the game and we will have to play with only one left back for the French national team moving forward. But they have been decimated with injuries. I mean, before the tournament even started, you had Pogba out, you had Conte out. You get to the World Cup in Qatar, Benzema bows out with an injury, and now Hernandez is down as well. If this was any other country, I don't think they could handle all of these injuries. The one thing that has always impressed me about the French national team is that their second and third strings could be first teams for other countries. So it's unfortunate that Lucas Hernandez has gone down, but I, you know, the French team it's deep. Is it deep enough to handle all of these massive injuries I don't know, uh, but they got off to a win. They've got their three points. They're set up pretty nice in their group. But, you know, this is another one that just hurts. And you just hope for their national team that they get through the next couple games with no injuries and they can push forward, kind of gel as a team, and see how far they can go uh, in the World Cup. The other one's got everybody talking. I am filming this on Thanksgiving Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. I hope that you had a fantastic day. But if you were watching the World Cup like I was, you saw the ankle. You saw the injury concern for Neymar. And it is unfortunate. And we don't know the severity at this point. It could be as simple as a sprain. It could be much more severe. Only time will tell. I know I checked in on social media and there were pictures of the ankle going all over the place until I get that information that says he is going to play in his next game or he's going to have to sit out a couple games. I am just going to wait. It is. It did not look good from my perspective. I think from all of our perspectives, you looked at that and said, uh-uh, no thank you. Ah, uh, but he is—he's got an ankle issue that could affect his play throughout the World Cup, even if it's a lingering issue. Uh, but we let's just hope that it's just a sprain, nothing severe, and he'll be back because he is so so important for, for the Brazilian national team. But we have so many crazy upsets. Some of the biggest upsets that we have seen at the World Cup. Saudi Arabia, shocking Argentina in round one. I got up at 4 a.m. Central time to watch this, and it got turned on its head. Saudi Arabia playing a great game, getting the victory, getting all three points, and leaving Argentina with that really, really tough road now to qualify for the knockouts. Now, they got two more games to kind of turn it around and move forward, and it's very possible that they do it. But they got to fix things and they got to fix things fast. As well as Germany, Japan, shocking Germany getting those two goals and beating them two to one. Germany's got some work to do now as they are in a battle to get into the knockout stages. So two really shocking results if you watch those. But well-earned well, well earned victories for Saudi Arabia and Japan as they look to qualify for the knockout spot. Some absolutely big scorelines. England looked good. I don't know if you guys watched this game, England and Iran, but England looked like they are firing at all cylinders, and you're getting goals from that young core. Jude Bellingham opens the scoring And becomes the first teenager to score a goal for England in the World Cup since Michael Owen in 1998. You got Bukayo Saka scoring two goals. He gets his brace. Let's go, Arsenal. Come on, you Gunners. And Bukayo Saka gets his two goals. And you're even getting goals from Grealish and Sterling. And even Rashford gets in on the action, and he was only on the pitch for like four minutes. They were cooking on all cylinders, and it makes me nervous. It makes me nervous for tomorrow. We'll talk about that, but it's making me a little nervous. And then the 7-0 scoreline, right? 7-0, Spain just comes out, scores a touchdown and an extra point against Costa Rica. And everybody's talking about Gavi. Gavi scores a goal in that game. And and he becomes the third youngest, I believe, third youngest goal scorer at the World Cup. And the youngest since uh, Pele did it in 1958. So a lot of stuff is going on about uh, Gavi and people are super high on him. I don't really... He's an interesting one to me. Uh, that goal in the World Cup, that goal that he scored was the first goal that he scored all year. Not in La Liga he had a goal yet, no goals in the championship uh, in in the Champions League, he gets a goal in the World Cup and everybody's talking about Gavi. You know who I think they should should have been talking about? Ferran Torres because he was on fire. He got the penalty. He's the one taking penalties. And he also got got a goal from open play, and he looked really good. He was very active. And so I'm really interested to see how he progresses throughout the tournament. You got big names on that team, Gavi, you got Pedri, and and he's kind of been on the fringes, not too many people talking about Torres, but I think he's going to make a statement. Already two goals. And the card that I picked that I just wanted to kind of highlight some things, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this. This is his 2019 Chronicles rookie red ticket, And it is a PSA 10. And here's the interesting thing. I put the last three sales of this card all coming from Card Ladder Pro. I love how you can search specific cards and you can just see their prices as they changed over time. And as you look at this, notice that his PSA 10 sold November 7th this month for $75. Now that in turn sold again, a different card, sold November 10th for $40.80. And then after this game, after his brace, after his two goals, it sold for $49.99, so just under $50. Now, this tells me a little bit. It tells me that you know the market is kind of up and down, and you want to make sure you're doing your research. But we didn't see a catastrophic jump in his pricing based on two goals in a first-round game. What does that tell me? That tells me that the community, the soccer community, the card community in general is is very educated at this point. And they understand that a group goal, a goal that is in group stage or two goals in group stage for a player like this is not going to cause prices to go through the roof. Did we see a bump? Yes, we did. Did we see a massive bump? Not so much. From forty to fifty dollars. I mean, yes, percentage-wise, that's pretty good. But he is still at a low cost, uh, and so that pricing is not going to jump up. I think you're going to see more of this uh, kind of lower end volume stuff might sell as people are interested and they want to they want to get involved. I don't know if you're going to see some of the extremely high end stuff move for atas- catastrophic. Higher prices than what we've seen. We also have to see that this World Cup is coming... In November and December a typically slower sales month for cards as as it goes year in and year out but you also see you know we're not at the pricing that we were in the summer we've seen some decline in pricing over the course so you you might not see those same prices that will that we've seen in you know April and May and June which we'll talk a little bit more about this episode but not a crazy amount but I really think he's one to watch he started out really great had a great game and it'll be really interesting to see because that next matchup is Is a good one, and I cannot wait for it. We'll talk about it at the end here. Now, enter Valencia. This was game one. We are hyped for the World Cup. It is here. You know, Ecuador playing Qatar, and people are like, I'm, you know, some people are like, I'm not even going to watch it. Enter Valencia comes out and scores a brace. Uh, Qatar takes it on the head. They lose uh, to Ecuador. Ecuador picks up all three points, and you did see a significant price movement in Enter Valencia. Now, this is his 2022 Panini Prism World Cup, and, and I thought it was just a good kind of see, see what happens when really fringe players, players nobody's talking about, maybe who don't have much value in the hobby at all, perform well at the World Cup. Now, Enter Valencia is 33 years old. He's been around, spent some time in the Premier League with West Ham, currently having a, a very good year in, in Turkey, but his... Blue Mojo Prism from 2022 World Cup Prism sold November 16th. Before the games, you know, so you're about five, day, five four or five days out before the World Cup starts. It's the, out of 75, sells for $4.24 raw. $4.24 raw for the Blue Mojo out of 75. Fast forward to after the brace. So after the two goals he scores for Ecuador, his blue 2020 World Cup. So not the 75, not the Blue Mojo. But the blue, the the blue prism, out of two ninety nine, sold for twenty two dollars. So really significant jump for Andy Valencia based on that performance. I think a lot of it has to do with the buildup. Everybody's super excited. He does well, and people are are jumping at that chance. But really, he was not talked about very much in the buildup. Yes, he is the captain and he is is leading Ecuador out there, but there were a lot of people who were very excited about kind of the, the Ecuadorians who play for Brighton, some of the young guys that are out there uh, and weren't really looking at it in Valencia, but he scores two goals and you did see some price increase in, in his Prism World Cup. Now, I can't say, you know, I did not look at all of his cards. He does have quite a few out there. He's been around quite a bit, but this is a significant jump. This is one to just kind of be aware of. Uh, whether he, you know, for me, it's always kind of what what do I want to do with the card that I'm buying? I always like to have like an idea of what am I doing with the card that I'm purchasing, you know? And if it's one of these where you, you're thinking, you know, I'm going to get an he's going to score two more, and I'm gonna I'm going to turn that around and make more money off it, I don't know at 33, he's not, he's not, you know, 21, 22 anymore. His career is coming to a close. So just be careful as you buy two, you know, don't just jump and buy first, always do the research, always look, you know, uh, you know, I always find it, you know, if they, if they score goals, I'm looking to what, what can I find out about that player? Oh, he's 33. He plays in Turkey. Okay. He's not in one of the five major leagues. Okay. Uh, Do I want this player? Why do I want this card? You know, asking yourself some very specific questions, you know, what do I want to do with this card is always really important as you make a purchase and making sure you make a purchase that you are comfortable with, not, a purchase that I'm telling you to buy, or somebody else is telling you to buy, but you know, taking information in, doing the research, and then making a decision that that you're comfortable with, that you're that you're collecting, you know, collecting what you like, you know, buying cards that you enjoy. Those are the type of things that you want to look. Because we can get caught up, we can get caught up in the World Cup. I'm caught up right now, you know, and and really excited. I'm getting up at four to watch games that I wouldn't normally watch. But I'm just excited that it's here. It's once every four years. Let's go. Let's move on. And we got to talk about my boy, Makai Osaka. 21 years old, steps onto the pitch and scores a brace for England. And you would think that that moment, those two goals would cause his cards to go through the roof. Not the case. And I do want to point that out. I just want to show how just because they're scoring goals does not equate to their pricing going up, up, up. That's not always the case. And again, I come back to the educated, smart hobby collector. You know, we, we've learned a lot through this from COVID to now. People know what they're doing and they know what they're looking for. So this is the Peacock from 2020 uh, Mosaic, the Euro This sold in May, May 15th. This card sold for $410. It is a PSA 10. The most recent sale after that brace against Iran uh, sold for $350. November 22nd. So just because he's performing well in the world cup doesn't mean that his pricing of every card is going to go up. So be careful, make sure you're doing the research, make sure you're looking around a couple other examples though. Some of the lower volume stuff, maybe some of the stuff that isn't worth uh, uh, the high hundreds or even thousands of dollars. You do see some bumps. So making sure you look at the prices as a whole, September 12th, long before the world cup started, this is the 2020 2021 uh, blue breakaway from prison, uh, uh, Premier League. This is out a one ninety five. It sold for two dollars and ninety nine cents on September twelfth, and then it turned around and sold after that game, November twenty second, for ten dollars and sixty cents. So there is some some movement in the card value. There is some uptick in those values. Some of that lower end stuff, and that's where I think you know more of the volume stuff people are going to to buy what they can afford and i and i think a lot of what people can afford now is is some of this lower stuff and some of this numbered stuff that they can still get a hold of for a relatively good price Now, finally, last but not least, I'm throwing out the the color blast as well. This is the black color blast. They're all PSA 10s that we're looking at here. If you're not looking at at home, I'll kind of walk you or on on YouTube, we can walk you through it if you're listening. Uh, But August 28th, this, uh, the obsidian, the, the black color blast PSA 10 sold for $790. So it sold for $790 on August 28th. August 29th, it sold for $715. And then November 22nd, it sold for $710. So continued depreciation. So some of these cards, they're losing a little bit of value. They're not where they were back in August or even back in June and July. Uh, and, And some of their prices, you know, you're seeing, but you're seeing sales now. You're seeing, you know, people want to buy into some of these cards as well. Now, this is just game one, right? So people are aware it's just a group game you know I, I would suspect if if Bikai Osaka continues scoring if he scores a brace or you know a hat trick tomorrow against the united states yeah you're you might see a little bit more movement or if he sh- or if he scores in in a knockout round game yes but round 1 i think people know that this is the start And they're starting to kind of eye up some of these players, thinking that they're either going to perform extremely well and continue to perform, or it's going to be a little bit more of a kind of a wait-and-see type of, of mentality here as we continue to go through the World Cup. Now, it wouldn't be fair to pass England by without talking about Jude Bellingham. Like I said, first teenager to score at a World Cup for England since Michael Owen all the way back in 1998. And I thought this was really one of those great, you know, before the game, after the game. So before the game, November 20th, this 2020-2021 uh, Tops Chrome Sapphire, this is Sapphire, PSA 10, sold for $175. After the game, November 23rd, that sold for $215. That, again, is a, a Sapphire rookie PSA 10. So you saw a $40, $40 difference in the matter of one game. Now, I I don't necessarily say just because he scored a goal, that's the pricing. I do think it's interesting with Jude Bellingham. A lot of people watch the Premier League. A lot of people watch Bakayosaka week in and week out. I don't think as many people watch the Bundesliga. They're not on ESPN. They're not on ESPN Plus every Saturday morning watching those games when there are Premier League games happening at the same time. So some people were just getting their first taste of Jude Bellingham. And I think some people saw just how dominant he was in midfield and when they saw that he was 19 years old, it might lead people to say, "You know what? I want in on this kid. 19 years old, he's doing that. I'm I'm in." So maybe that's some of it or maybe it's simply just I want to own a Jude Bellingham rookie card and now's a good time to do that. I don't know where it, but you do see the pricing increase crease as as before the game and then after the game as well. But really great performance by Jude Bellingham. I'm really excited to see what he does throughout the tournament. And as England went against Iran, it looks like they've come with a mission in mind. I know Declan Rice, I think, brought a suitcase with nothing in it and said, I'm bringing the World Cup trophy back home. We'll see if that happens, if England can bring it home. you know, It's coming home. Can they bring it home this time? Finals in the Euro 2020, they have the capacity to do that. I think it's all going to come back to to, down their defensive play. Are their center backs able to make it through the World Cup? That's going to be that's that's where I see as their biggest weakness is with Harry Maguire. Uh, Maybe he can prove me wrong. You know, he he's had a lot of people you know throwing some. Uh, so a lot of you know criticism towards him, and you know if he can if he can deliver, I think that would a lot of that criticism would go away. But Jude, one to watch. But you did see some pricing increase, and then the other one, Cody Gakpo. Cody Gakpo comes in and gets that header. You know, beats Edward Mendy to the ball, gets the header. really the winner. It's in the 84th minute. I know Klaassen gets one late, and the Netherlands win two nothing. But Cody Gakpo. Gets a goal in the World Cup. I was so pumped for that goal. I was like, man, that is a great header. Oh, man, it was beautiful. And I thought, you know what? He doesn't have many cards. I'm going to see what happened. He has an NT out of 99, which sold October 28th. This is a raw card for $280.99. Fast forward to after that header, after that win. The Netherlands have all three points. Uh, They beat Senegal. It's looking really good. I see a sale and I almost like did a double take because November 23rd, it sold that same NT out of 99 for $281. So from October 28th to November 23rd, the change in pricing for a Cody Gakpo national treasures out of 99 is one cent, one cent, which tells me too is that a lot of these rookies had already pricing Pretty high. That's to me, that, that, that the pricing was already pretty high on some of these rookies. So what do they need to do to push that pricing higher? You know, you know, a goal is great. And, and I think for his confidence and what he's going to bring, further down the line in the tournament, I think that's fantastic. He he is putting himself in positions to score goals. And the way he attacked that ball in the air, I was like, man, this kid is, is going to try everything that he can to score goals. Uh, but to Gakko is having a great year in the air divisi. You know, he's playing really well for PSV. So, you know, but there's not a whole lot of change. Again, I think it comes back to it is a group game. It's the first group game. There's a lot of football left to be played. There's a lot of the World Cup left to be played. Wait and see. But I thought it was hilarious. I was like, ah! Like one cent. That's all there was in a difference. It was crazy to me. I thought it was it was good. So I, I thought I had to share it. Uh, last one was today, right? Richarlison, you know, the beautiful goal. The second goal that he had, that man, it was it was a beautiful thing. I think we saved the best goal for the last game of the first round, right? You know, it was that, that just the volley to himself. Oh, beautiful thing. But I I'd bring up his, uh, his Contra from Obsidian 2020, 2021, the white, this is out of nine short point. But again, here's one of those fringe players, right? We weren't talking about Richarlison at Tottenham. He, he hasn't had the greatest of a couple injuries. We were concerned if he was actually going to make the trip to Qatar. And so in September, that card sold for $56. Uh, it is a raw, it's out of nine, you know, it, sold for $56. Fast forward after the game today, that Contra sold for $201.68. So very significant price increase. And the thing that I think is very interesting that I always look at when I'm looking at Card Ladder Pro, I think it does a great job when they tell you what type it is. So if you're looking at the screen and if you're not, that card in September sold at auction. So the, the the community is dictating the price at that point, right? It's an auction, and the community, the hockey, the, the soccer card community, said it is worth fifty six dollars. Now the one that sold today, the twenty fourth, was a fixed price. Somebody hit the button that said buy now. I think this card is worth two hundred and one dollars and sixty eight cents. So I think it's really interesting that we've seen such a jump from a guy like Rick Charleston. But again, it, it goes back to the Intervalencia. Valencia. Like some of these players, these rookies that we've really kind of talked about, they're in a lot of products, we've been excited about them really the past two years in and that, in that last two windows, their pricing is pretty high already. But there are some guys on the fringes that are on some of these teams that are really you you've seen prices enter Valencia prices have gone up quite, quite significantly richarlson after those two goals and a beautiful goal that it was you saw some significant price increase I don't think we're going to see massive spikes me personally now I don't think we're going to see massive massive spikes on some of these players because their pricing coming into the World Cup was already pretty high now I could be proved wrong could be proved very, very wrong. It's happened before. It happens a lot. you let me tell you, my my wife would be the first one to tell you that I am wrong a lot, and I will admit it. I am wrong wrong a lot of times. But I do think that a lot of some of the, a lot of the players that we've talked about leading into the World Cup already have pretty high pricing, and and we're going to continue to see that. It might climb little by little, but to see kind of the bigger jumps, I think it's going to be guys like Inter Valencia or Charleston, or guys that we haven't really talked about, and their values are pretty low right now. That they do have a lot of room for their values to increase. So we got to talk, you know, golden boot. It's always fun to talk about after round one. And we have five players, five players in round one, who have two goals that scored braces. No hat-tricks in round one, no hat-tricks in the first uh, games in group play. Uh, But Tarimi, uh, Olivier Giroud got on uh, for two for France. Uh, Enter Valencia, of course, we already talked about him having two, Saka having two, and Torres having two. Tarimi is, is interesting to me as he got two, the only two for Iran, uh, Place for Porto looked good to me. Uh, you know, I was I was impressed. I do not watch a lot of uh, of Portuguese uh, soccer, and so to see him out there, he looked really. You know, he was he was very active, and he got two goals. took took the most out of his chances. It'll be interesting to see how tomorrow morning, if you're getting up for the early game, whoop, whoop, Wales is playing Iran. That's huge for the U.S. men's national team huge for, for us uh, as we're, you know, as we look to still wanting to qualify, we had that tie against Wales, uh, we we want to see, you know, and and Iran has such a, you know, a minus four goal differentiate. We'll look at that in just a second. But I'm getting up to watch that one. Not going to miss that one because that one is very, very, very important to the U.S. men's national team. Uh, but you can see, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting. I know there's a lot of guys at one goal, but here are your your current leaders in the golden boot. And as you look at some of those, a lot of them are looking pretty good to move on as well. Torres, Saka, uh, even Giroux, uh, those three are moving on. Valencia at Ecuador, they got all three points. You know, Iran is the only team team On that list, who, who did not win, uh, but but Tarimi has his two goals, so it'll be interesting to see. Now, the last thing that I do want to look at is just the the groups as a whole. So you can kind of see there are some shocks up there. No surprise really to me. Uh, Netherlands, Ecuador are up at the top. They've got taken all three points in Group A. Senegal and Qatar are are in third and fourth. They they don't have any points as of the, as of right now. England and Wales. Uh, England is, is is ahead in the group. They got three points. Uh, Wales and the United States did draw, so they each get a point, and Iran is sitting with that minus four uh, goal differential and and no points. But Group C, Group C is is really crazy to me right now as Saudi Arabia is in first place in that group. Uh, And then you have Poland and Mexico who drew, so they're tied second and third. And then finally last in that group is Argentina. Uh, I saw a stat here uh, not too long ago. I was doing some reading. 11% of teams, uh, 11%. Are the, are the only percentage of teams who lose their first game that move on to the knockout stage. So Argentina has got some work to do. Uh, but then you have Group D, as you look at it. France got the win. Tunisia and Denmark drew 0-0. And, and I'm going to pause right there and just say it. We have so many nil-nil draws in this tournament. We had one 0-0 draw in 2018. We have four already in, in 2022. So a lot of 0-0 draws going on. But Australia took one on the head. Against France, France put up four. You know they look they look pretty good, even though they lost uh, Hernandez. Uh, they still looked pretty good and and very <laughs> very attack minded at, at them moving forward. Uh, Group E, you got uh, you got Spain and Japan now. Uh, Germany's got a lot of work to do. I know Costa Rica is negative seven. They they, they let seven in against Spain, uh, but Germany also has zero points and is going to have to do some work. That Japan team looked really good. They they're very. Uh, defensive minded, they 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 press the ball really well. They're going to be a tough matchup uh, against. Uh, Spain and against Costa Rica. And you got to think they, they're they looking pretty good to move on. And I, I personally think Germany's in a lot of trouble. Uh, then you go to Group F. You got Belgium, who picked up all three points against Canada in that 1-0 win. Uh, Croatia and Morocco, again, that draw 0-0. And so they got that kind of group is all up for grabs as well. Brazil got the win. Of course, they put in two here today against Serbia and then Switzerland and Cameroon. Uh, they they were the early game today and Switzerland came out one uh, nil victors. So they got the win. Uh Ibolo got the goal there, and that was exciting. And then finally, Group H, you got Portugal and uh, picking, taking all three points here in their first game, uh, South Korea and Uruguay, uh, drawing. And then, of course, Ghana uh, losing to Portugal. So they're at the bottom of the group as well. But there's a lot of interesting storylines developing, right? You know, Messi's got his goal. Ronaldo's got his goal. Ronaldo's the first player ever to score in five World Cups. But here is where we're at. Here as we move into round two, As we move into ding, 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 round two, we see some really great matchups. Uh, tomorrow, I will be getting up at 4 a.m. Central Time uh, and it is it is way too early for me, uh, but I will not miss Wales and Iran. I think it's too important uh, to not get up and watch that game. So exciting game for Wales and Iran. But you also have England playing the United States tomorrow. It is Black Friday here in the United States uh, and it is the day after Thanksgiving so everybody is still off of work for the most part and and all eyes will be on England versus the USA. I saw today that you know Fox is even going to put the game on On the big screens in Times Square, you know, and and maybe after you listen to this, this game has already ended and you're like, wow, you're hyped for a game that went really good England's way or really good the United States way. Uh, But really looking forward to that game. I have had my eye on that game for a very, very long time. Uh, Second, you know, as we get into Saturday's games and their fixture set, Argentina, Mexico uh, is is really important for Argentina. They got to bounce back. They have to respond. Excuse me. Can they get a win against Mexico? Mexico needs a win too, so it'll it'll be a really interesting game. As it is the late game again, it is that one o'clock game here Central Time. So I'm excited for that one. And as we turn our attention to uh, Sunday, I thought you know Germany Spain is is the game for me. Uh, it's it's more of not just the game. Germany is in a win must win situation, but the midfield. You know, we get to watch, you know, we've we've seen so much about, you know, Gavi now, and you got so much on Pedri, and now you got Musiala coming in, and he looked fantastic in the midfield against Japan, just so silky smooth, uh, and just moves really well, Uh, you know, I'm excited for the midfield uh, of that game, you know, we get to watch Spain and Germany, we get to watch three teenagers duke it out in the midfield at the biggest stage in football. Uh, at the world cup. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to see how Canada responds uh, to, to their, to their loss here. Uh, the first round, I thought they played better than Belgium. I thought they played uh, and just really, it was, it was unfortunate that they didn't come away. Alfonso Davies misses the penalty. That was rough. And and they just really played well the entire game and just couldn't convert, you know, and get something in. And, and then, you know, you have Belgium come out and batuai gets a goal and, and that's the cruelty of football, right? You know, you can play so well and still come away one zero loss. So how do they respond against Croatia? I'm looking for Canada to bounce back and get a big win there. And then finally, you get into to Monday's games, and that is Portugal versus Uruguay for me. Um, and and also you know the last two games, you got you got Brazil and Switzerland as well. Uh, I think Brazil. It'll be interesting to see does Neymar play. They're really deep. Their attacking force is scary good. Uh, and and I'll be interested to see how Switzerland can can combat against that. But you know, I, you know, Serbia is a good squad, and, and Brazil was able to beat them 2-0, And how they'll do against Switzerland is is going to be important as well. But Portugal, Uruguay, I think is is an interesting one, as you've got you know Rafael Liao, you've got you know. Uh, um, Feel uh, it. Uh, you've got uh, Ronaldo. You've got Bruno Fernandez. You've got a lot of attacking prowess in Portugal as well. I still think that they are ones to watch in the tournament. And then against Uruguay, you know Luis Suarez. You've got Edison Giovanni, You've got. Uh, Darwin Nunez, you've got a lot of guys who can score goals for Uruguay as well. And Valverde, you know, Valverde's strike from outside the box today hits the post. Almost was a winner, you know. So a lot of great stuff happening. But so much good soccer, good, so much good soccer, so much good football, all those commercials of is it soccer, is it football? You know, I just love the game. And I and I love the the ability and the the opportunity to come and talk about it. I wanted to leave today. If you have any questions. If you have any questions, make sure you drop them below or at St. Croix Cards on Instagram, send me some questions. Let's talk about what you want to talk about. You know, this is this is the World Cup show, Slabstocks FC World Cup show that we want to we want you to be a part of it. I want you to be a part of it. You know, as, as it's Thanksgiving, I, you know, I want, want you all to know I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for the messages that you send, uh, for the for the conversations that we have. And I, and I just appreciate being able to, to talk about this with all of you. So drop your questions in the comments below. Drop them in my DMs, Andrew at St. Croix Cards. I'm going to be back recording after round two, after the second group of group games. And we are going to talk and discuss the continued storylines, the more goals, the more... Probably injuries, unfortunately. So much to talk about. So much fun. Y'all get some sleep. Waking up early for, for the games tomorrow. Make it a great day. We'll see you next time.